You're listening to episode 52 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there, and welcome back. On this week's episode, I am speaking with Julia Mooney. If you follow me on Facebook, that name might sound familiar, and that's because I posted about her a few weeks back when USA Today ran a story on Julia and her sustainability efforts, specifically on what Julia is doing right now in her own classroom. Now, Julia started the One Outfit 100 Days Project, in which she has pledged to wear the same dress to work, in her case, she's a middle school art teacher, for the first 100 days of school. I know. Now, as you can imagine, her students definitely noticed, her coworkers noticed, and the nation has noticed too. Good Morning America even featured her recently. So Julia's here today to talk about why exactly she's wearing the same gray dress for 100 days and also what she's hoping to accomplish. This week's show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 052, M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 052. And just a friendly reminder, there's still time to sign up for our January challenge group, No Spend January. I'll have a link in this week's show notes to sign up for that as well. Side note, if you have no idea what a No Spend challenge is, go on back and listen to episode 49. I outline it all there. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm hoping you're wearing your gray dress. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. So I came across you and the gray dress and your story in USA Today in a piece that just went viral. And I really want to talk about the coverage and the dress and the reasons behind wearing the dress. But first, I want to know about you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I guess I, I guess I'm an, I'm an artist. I'm a teacher. I'm a mother. Kind of all those things sort of happen to me in order. <laughs> um, and I, I guess those things all really kind of contributed to the birth of this project. Um, you know, I mean, I, as an artist, I'm sort of by nature questioning society, <laughs> questioning things around me. So, yeah, it kind of it kind of brought things together, I think, um, because of, you know, that my point of view as an artist, um, as a teacher, I spent the last 10 years teaching art history. So. I've spent all this time sort of immersed in people throughout history who are always questioning society um, and questioning the norms. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that had something to do with it. Hmm. So tell us about the project. Well, um, yeah, it's really become big, which is fabulous and unexpected. But it really just started this summer with a conversation in my backyard with my husband when we were talking about going back to school. My husband is a teacher, too. So at the end of the summer, we're thinking, all right, we got to get back to the grind. We have to spend some money on some more clothes so that we can get through another school year. And I just sort of like jokingly said to him, like, why can't I just wear the same thing every day? 
And he was like, why not? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's, let's do it. So we really started thinking about that a little bit more seriously, of course, because we're like that. <laughs> and um, I just decided I'm just going to go for it because there were a lot of very serious reasons why I should do this. So you mentioned serious reasons. Can you touch on them for us? First of all, this is my first year teaching at the middle school level. So my whole career so far has been at the high school level. But So I was going into a new building and I was going into an age group that I knew is, you know, you know, we remember middle school. We're the kids are defining themselves. They're kind of figuring out who they are. A lot of times they're defining themselves based on things that are pretty superficial, um, like the brands that they're wearing and the clothes that they're wearing. Sometimes they're really preoccupied with how they look. And these days they're often really preoccupied with how they look on their social media. Um, so it, I knew that it would kind of speak to that and sort of remind them, hopefully, that it's really not how we look. It's more about what we do that should really define who we are. Um, so that was really my first motivator, I guess. Um, and then as I got into it, I really thought a lot more about the sustainability element of it. Um, you know, fast fashion was a term that I wasn't really even familiar with. Um, it wasn't until I really started getting into it and researching it that I, I really learned what that was. But I was still kind of subconsciously, I think, aware of it. I think we all kind of know what fast fashion is, even if we haven't heard that term. We all like know that the clothes we're buying are cheaply made and we know they're not made locally for the most part at our everyday retailers. Um, and and it's kind of seems a little shady. And, and it is when you start to research it, you find out that um, it's hurting our environment. There's a human cost that we we can ignore if we choose. But once you learn about it, you can't really unlearn it. So for me, it was something I felt like. I should really add to the conversation with this project. And and my husband and I, we, we kind of live a life that's pretty conscious. We, we're trying to be more sustainable in our lifestyle, at our, in our home, as much as we can within reason. I mean, we, we, we have three kids and we work full time. <laughs> and so we do what we can, but, but it's always on our minds. So it kind of played right into that, um, you know, the things that are important to us anyway. So. What's really fascinating to me about what you just said is that this kind of started as a way for you to speak to your students, right? You show them, not tell them about the importance of inner character as opposed to outward appearance. But again, what's fascinating is that now you're speaking on a national stage, right? You're getting picked up by USA Today and Good Morning America. And I'm just wondering... What is that like for you as a teacher who was sitting in her backyard talking to her husband about buying clothes for school? Like, what is that like? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel a little bit like I, it's sort of like every teacher's dream in a way. I feel like I have this huge classroom all of a sudden and people want to learn and this is great because I have a lot to say and it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean. So anybody who is, has been a teacher or who is a teacher can completely understand, I'm sure. 
Okay. So yes, thank you for this segue because I just need to shout from the rooftops that I was a teacher for 10 years and I started in high school and I moved down to middle school and I remember those days vividly. So I'm wondering how have your students responded to the same dress for a hundred days? Yeah, I I wanted to know what would happen to you. That was I think I was a little bit amused by it at first um, because I I I didn't tell anybody about it. I just went into this new building that um, you know none of my colleagues knew me, uh, and the students didn't know me. So really, I will just say that um, it was interesting to sort of experience that myself and sort of critique myself because I was very self-conscious walking down the hall day after day saying hi to these uh, new colleagues who sort of only like barely knew who I was and they would say hi to me every day and knew that they were noticing my dress and not saying anything because they're being polite. And so like they were just talking about me. I mean, they just were, they were talking about me behind <laughs> my back. Um, and, and it's fine. I, I totally get it. Like I understand that, but um, I knew it was happening. So I sort of strategically tell, told a few people here and there, like hoping the word would spread. <laughs> anyway, I was actually doing a project, but you know, my students, however, they flat out asked me, <laughs> didn't you wear that yesterday? And so I think that's pretty awesome. That was, that was a pretty cool revelation for me when I'm coming into middle school, realizing like these kids are like pretty authentic. So they're still just kind of saying what's on their mind. And they were very willing to have, they really wanted to have a dialogue about this. So it was cool. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't really make it a lesson or anything. I mean, I'm an art teacher, so we do have some time while they're working to have some casual conversations so it kind of worked itself right in really naturally and it was pretty awesome. So it was a great, it's been a really great way for me to encourage them to be critical thinkers about their world. And I think that's a huge, huge life skill for any modern citizen. And so I, I hope they're getting that. I hope they're feeling like, hey, I should, I should question things and I should kind of find creative ways to make my voice heard when sort of break through the noise when I have something that's important to say. So I, I hope they're getting that out of it. I've actually covered fast fashion and slow fashion pretty extensively on this podcast, uh, most especially episode 43 for anybody who's interested in really getting into why specifically fast fashion is so terrible. But I look back on my own middle school years and I remember being quite impressionable. So I can only imagine what your students will take with them from your presence and your stand as they go into the future. So I just want to thank you for everything you're doing in the name of sustainability, but also what you're doing in the name of like non-consumerism, because I think you're really hitting on both with this 100 days, one dress project. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the consumerism element is a, is a big thing for me and it has been a big thing for me for, for years now. I mean, we, for years now I have not, I've been very anti gifts. <laughs> so, so like the, the holidays coming up, this is, I'm very excited because I've been spending the whole last year <laughs> making gifts for my friends and family in all different ways because 
I just see it as a challenge. I think it's really important to spend more time learning how to produce things um, because it really changes our mindset. We're such a consumer society and and we consume in excess. And I think part of the reason we consume in excess is because we aren't really involved in the production of things. We don't really see that so much. You know, we, we import so much. And like I, I always say to myself, like, I have no idea how this is made. How, where did this come from? And, and that once you start asking yourself that question, at least for me, it, it led to all kinds of experiments and I've learned how to make all kinds of things myself. And yeah, I think that that really just changes your point of view and it makes you waste less and it makes you more critical about where things are coming from and more aware of the costs. Hmm. I'm curious as to what your family, so the people in your personal life have said. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> I think they know me pretty well. <laughs> so, so they're not surprised that I would do something like this. My mother-in-law, I remember we were talking about this at our end of the summer get together. <laughs> and she was like, sort of saying she didn't think anyone was going to notice or say anything. <laughs> and I think she's going to take that back now <laughs> because it's definitely become a big conversation. Um, and yeah, people, people ask me right away and, and yet they were the kids who asked. And I, I have to wonder, like, I wonder how many adults really truly noticed and how many of them didn't notice. And I was just self-conscious about it. I think that that's a, a huge thing. I think sometimes maybe we notice what we're wearing and we're more preoccupied with our own vanity than other people are. And and we're like dwelling in that and we're feeding into that and we're wasting money on that and we're hurting the planet for really no good reason. <laughs> so yeah, it's also a social experiment, what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you've looked into the the gender issues around clothing and you know if 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 a male was wearing the same suit every single day uh would it be a big deal but a woman wearing right. the same dress for 100 days like that is jaw dropping. Oh, it certainly is. Yes. That's a whole other thing. It absolutely is. I mean my husband is doing it too. It was good to be my thing. And then after a few weeks of talking about it and me, my dress like came in the mail and it was definitely going to happen. And I think he felt a little left out <laughs> and, and he's very supportive. He totally, he's with me on all of it. So he did join in. So he has been wearing the same outfit at work for the same amount of time, really. Um, and he teaches at the high school level. And I, I don't think people are noticing as much. His colleagues haven't said a word to him and, and they He's worked there for 12 years now. It's not like they're not comfortable enough to talk to him. <laughs> I think they haven't noticed, honestly. Right. Right. How interesting is it that you're getting the national coverage when you both are doing the same exact thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. It, and I had somebody ask me the other day when in an interview, so what's next? Are you going to stop wearing makeup and doing your hair? And I mean, I don't know. To me, that's really obviously a very sexist question. Um, I, I, and and I know though at the same time that might be what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, is she just some hippie, <laughs> you know, who just is a little weird? And 
And that's not the case, honestly. I, and that's why I really felt like I needed to do this. I'm, I'm just a normal person. Like I may be an artist, but I'm really not like a fringe kind of person. I'm pretty mainstream and I'm a teacher. So I have access to the general population to have these conversations. And I think that's kind of fun because, um, I think, I think from what I've seen, this has still been kind of a fringe conversation and it needs to come to the mainstream. I'm curious about the dress and it's a, for people who haven't seen it, it's just a gray dress. It looks like it's collared and buttoned down from top to bottom. There's nothing special about it. However, it is quite attractive. I'm wondering how did you choose it for a hundred full days of wear? Yeah, a hundred days. I will just say um, that 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 number. I just picked that number because it was a big, round, scary number that would bring attention to the to the the issues. And um, I, I don't think people really necessarily need to do this for even two days in a row. I just think that shrinking our wardrobes is a good idea. And um, so, but since I did commit to a hundred days, I needed to pick something that would last, and that was a little scary. And I realized I needed to put some thought into this. So, um, I, I bought it from a fair trade company. Um, cause I just, yeah, I really wanted to feel good about this purchase. And I also, I, it happens to be that it wasn't a really expensive piece. A lot of times I think fair trade gets a reputation for being too expensive and it was like $38 or something. And then I bought it from London. So with shipping, it was closer to 50 but that comes out to 50 cents a day <laughs> for a, a hundred days, which is definitely affordable. And I think that that philosophy is something to keep in mind. I think we could all afford fair trade if we shrunk our wardrobes and found a way to spice up our choices more creatively. So I picked something that I could wear with a variety of different colors. I could add tights to it. I could add a cardigan to it when it got cold. And I did start school, started setting up my brand new classroom in 90 degree weather. So it needed to be pretty flexible. <laughs> I just, I kind of picked it for its versatility. I also picked it because it's made of a natural material and it is durable. <laughs> So hemp is a material that's kind of like denim in that it's going to wear in more so than, you know, fall apart. Um, and so, yeah, that's, those are the reasons I chose it. Erin <laughs> Polloway of My Green Closet was on the podcast and she kind of succinctly described what you're saying, which is essentially like if somebody only has to pay $4 for a shirt, they're not going to be so surprised when it pills or shrinks or falls apart after two washes. And then they're not going to really care so much when they have to donate it or dispose of it, right? So clothes in 2018 going into 2019 in the Western world is really becoming a disposable commodity, just like diapers, just like napkins, just like paper towels. And that's terrible on its own. But what's even worse is the detrimental environmental effect that disposable clothing has on the environment. So what I love about what you're doing is that 
you're really creating a unique visual of what sustainable clothing looks like. Like the average woman today has 30 outfits, one for every day of the month. That's insane. So what's, so I, a month ago now, I can't believe it's been a month, but a month ago I was in Africa. Um, and so this is what you're describing is really a Western way of thinking. Um, and that's not the only way of thinking. <laughs> and I, and it's definitely not the way we have always thought. So therefore it's not the way we need to continue thinking. Um, and I think a lot of our environmental issues are going to begin, the solutions really begin with changing our culture and our cultural attitudes. So that's, I think, what I'd really like to focus on in, with the project. Um, so like when I was in Africa, a lot of people were wearing the same thing. And, you know, a lot of times it was not, it was because they didn't have a choice. Um, and I just think it's interesting that here we have so much. And it's, I wonder if it's because we have so much <laughs> at our disposal that we feel like we can waste it more easily. Um, you know, and so we need to be conscious of that and more responsible about all that we have access to and how we, how we use it. Yes. And I would take what you said and I would, um, see you. <laughs> if we were playing poker, I would see you, whatever, uh, and say that because we perhaps have so much more, we also then have so much more of a responsibility to treat our stuff and our planet with respect. If we decide to purchase something or invite something into our homes, we then have the responsibility to dispose of it responsibly, right? So if we're not going to be able to do that, then it shouldn't even be purchased or consumed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So, and this just gets back to my, my idea that like, we don't, it was not that long ago that our society, at least in the U S um, was, was much, much different. <laughs> we, we, you know, mid-century America is where, like, when my house was made, for example, and there are no closets in this house, which was very frustrating <laughs> when we moved in. Um, but, and they all had wardrobes, and you can only fit so much in a wardrobe, really. And if they just didn't have as much, and they made things, they all had sewing machines, they didn't have plastic containers, they had, you know, tins and... <laughs> They, they knew where things came from. And I, and I think, again, part of that was because they didn't have a choice, but I mean, here we are, this is, this is where we are and we have choices and we need to be responsible about those choices. And, um, for the sake of our children, <laughs> you know, for me, that's, that's a lot of what this is. I, when I had kids, it changed my, my view on life and what I'm here for. and. I feel like I need to um, show them how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So, you know, my son was born and I think he was 11 months old or something when we, we got chickens <laughs> and we started experimenting with that. And, you know, it's funny, the chickens are kind of like a gateway to sustainable living, I think, <laughs> because they, you, they give you these eggs and 
you're like, you know where they came from. And it's the coolest thing ever. And then all of a sudden you want to know where everything else came from. And so next thing I knew, you know, we've got a compost extension on our run and now our kitchen scraps are all going out there to so the chickens. And now we're like permaculture wannabes in our little suburban plot. <laughs> and we're trying to grow as much as we possibly can and, and make things like I, I've done the craziest things. I, <laughs> I tried to grow oats and dry them out and make a basket <laughs> just because I was like, I don't know. I want to try this. This people do this. And if they can do it, you know, <laughs> well, Julia, two questions. What is next for you and where can we follow your journey? Yeah. I mean, so I don't know what's next. I mean, I'm going to get to the end of the hundred days and, um, I, I'd like to invite the staff at my school to join in for my last week. I think that will make more of an impact and spread the conversation, at least within our building. Um, but beyond that, though, I, I you know follow the Instagram. I made the Instagram initially for my students because I know that's where they operate. And I knew I could articulate the message to them without them sort of twisting it and maybe messing it up a little bit if they misunderstood what I was going for. Um, so I, so I have all of my thoughts there and I'm going to keep that up and sort of see where that takes me so that we can just get this message and these ideas out there and keep talking about them and hopefully see a change culturally. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And I just want to thank you for sparking a conversation about sustainability around our wardrobe. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Julia Mooney. I have linked to the Instagram account she mentions in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero five two. On next week's show, I'm speaking with Eve Uterdal. She is a professional traveler who has vowed to never fly on an airplane again. She's on the show to tell us why and how she does it. I'll see you then. Take care.